Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Thank you so much for joining me today on this week's episode of How She Did It. As always, if you're returning, thank you for coming back. And if you're new here, happy to have you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. So today's guest is boxing host, reporter, commentator, and just this month, Top Rank announced that she will be the play-by-play voice for all ESPN Plus undercard in international broadcasts making her the second woman to hold that number one seat in boxing. Here is Christina Poncher. Amanda Smith here with Christina Poncher. I want to thank you for making time to join me on my show today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be chatting with you. You've had some awesome guests on your show, so happy to be a part of the roster. (laughs) Uh, Yes, adding you now. Are you kidding? Like continuing to elevate. Thank you. So nearly a decade ago, you're working a full-time job in the business offices at Fox Sports West, and then you quit to take a job with top rank covering boxing, a sport that you have said you never really anticipated you'd get into. What kind of motivated you to make that change? Um, It was the first opportunity I I felt like I had where I was starting to get enough work because I started working for them while still at Fox. And um, I just saw a lot of potential and it was starting to conflict with my responsibilities of having, you know, a nine to five. And after talking with my parents and, you know, my boyfriend, I was like, I just, I feel like I have to take a leap of faith and go for it. And, you know, my dad had my back. He's like, I'm not going to let you miss your rent or whatever. He's like, just go (laughs) for it. You know, it takes a team. It takes a village. Right. So he's like, just go for it. And with all their encouragement, I I did. And I mean, obviously it was a good decision because it's, (laughs) it's, it's working out pretty well so far. You know, I was reading an article where you said you've really made this dream that you have now a reality. What is it? feel like to you knowing that you've accomplished kind of what you set out to do? Um, I mean, it's surreal. And I, I, even though I say it out loud, it's hard to really feel like that because I still feel like I have so much more that I want to accomplish. It's really been my husband, you know, my family that tries to help me put in perspective what I have accomplished at this point when I, you know, when I get down on myself or, you know, when, when I'm just stressed out about managing all my responsibilities and everything, um, like it's okay to take a step back for a minute or look what you've done. Like, you know, give yourself some credit. So, I mean, it does feel amazing to say it out loud and know that I, I set a goal for myself. I mean, this is what I've wanted to do since I was 13 years old. So, um, to be able to say I'm doing it and making a living and feeding my family, you know, while doing it's pretty impressive, but I have so much more, I still feel like I want to accomplish. So it's hard to like, kind of really realize that I'm at the the point where I'm like, I did it, you know? Well, speaking of accomplishments, earlier this month, Top Rank announces that you will be the play-by-play voice for all of their ESPN Plus undercard and international broadcasts. So first off, congrats. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. But when you look at that position that you'll now have and to be the second woman to be in that number one seat calling boxing, what does it mean to you knowing that you have this opportunity to blaze a trail for others who hope to be in that same role one day? I think that is the biggest motivating factor for me. I never, when I started as a reporter and, and as the host, I, and then even as a commentator, play-by-play was just not something that had been on my mind at the time. Those roles, when I was coming up, 
were so few and far between. And they were seats that legends in the sport sat in. You know, that's the seat for Jim Lampley. And that's the seat for, you know, Al Bernstein. And that's the seat for, I mean, if you think about just in sports in general, legendary men that have been in that role with Ben Scully and Chick Hearn. I mean, those were my idols growing up. And, you know, um, to think about sitting in that lead seat and also to think about the fact that when I was watching this sport coming up, there was no woman in that role that I could aspire to be like. I had to find my um, inspiration in, in, in other women in, in other sports to know that now not only do we have women fighting, but we have more and more women watching and women being a part of the sport that they can say, okay, maybe I don't want to fight, but I can call fights or I can interview fighters and to kind of help push that trail and particularly in the play-by-play role to blaze that trail. It just, it, it means a lot. And it's a huge motivation for me, not only just to make my family and, and my friends proud and, and everybody that's helped me to get to this point, but to also, you know, I think becoming a mom has helped me think about inspiring the younger girls that are watching the sport with their dads or with their brothers and say like, oh, it's a woman's voice or, oh, I can do that too. Or, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I'll do that. So that's been a huge motivating factor for me. You know, you talk about the motivating factor that it is to be a woman in a still rare role for those young girls that maybe watch you and the work that you've put into your career and the opportunities that you now have because of that. What do you hope that they know? Well, I hope that they know that it's it's not easy, but if you dedicate yourself, if you worked hard, uh, if you carry yourself, if you study and you prepare, then anything is possible. And just because nobody... Maybe there isn't somebody that has done it before or just because there isn't somebody that um, isn't in the role that maybe you see yourself in doesn't mean it can't be created or doesn't mean that it can't be made happen. Um, I think that that's really it because it, it, like I said, I found inspiration from women working in other sports and said, how can I kind of help implement that and be that person in the sport that I grown to love so much, which is boxing. Who were some of those women for you? Uh, Hannah Storm was a huge inspiration to me. Um, she is always somebody that I felt like, um, carried herself with so much class, but still was so much herself and had so much fun and, you know, covered a, a variety of sports. Um, when I was young, I looked up to Summer Sanders, um, because I used to watch Inside Stuff and I thought that was like the <laughs> coolest show ever. So I was like, man, I want to host that show. I was like, Christina Poncher and Amad Rashad. And then I thought by the time I got to that, maybe he wouldn't be like hosting that show anymore. Um, so, so that was another, uh, another one. And then I, I mean, I looked up to male role models as well, but those are probably the two that first, you know, came to my mind when I was younger and, you know, really wanted to, to pursue uh, broadcasting. You know, I was reading an article, kind of how I mentioned earlier, where you had said you didn't really anticipate that you would get into boxing. You said it was the first opportunity that you had, but had you watched any fights or, or kind of followed the sport beforehand? Well, I had covered other sports, but I had covered, you know, college basketball, high school football while working for Fox Sports West. I'd done some stuff from a local city cable station. Um, but watching boxing, I just meant it was a, it was the first opportunity in that sport that I had to cover. And I was totally like a casual boxing fan. Like I was younger. My family would order fight parties and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. so I would like watch the big fights, but I wasn't watching it like how I was watching the Lakers, like religiously, you know, growing up here in Southern yeah. California, that's, that was, you know, my dream job was to work for them. So, um, it was more of a casual thing. And then being that I had the foundation, I'm, you know, a broadcast journalism college graduate, I had my major in broadcast journalism. And having the foundation of working at Fox Sports, I felt like I had a good basis. And if I could just learn the athletes, learn more about the sport, then I would continue to, you know, 
uh, be able to grow and, and, flir- and flourish in the sport. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of a learn on the job kind of thing. <laughs> You know, we have a lot of people that I'm very grateful for that listen, um, who, who want to be broadcasters one day. And so maybe for those listening who are considering taking a job in a sport they're not comfortable with, what advice would you give to them? Well, if you know the basics and you've got your foundation as far as like the, the skills of broadcasting and the preparation and what it takes, it's just learning a different subject matter. That's really what it is. A lot of broadcasters, you know, at least at least in the commentator or the play-by-play role, not so much the analyst role, because that role is a lot of times fit for an athlete or a coach or, or, or somebody that has, you know, played the sport. But um, just study, just learn, approach it like you're tackling a subject a subject in school. Immerse yourself in the sport. Go to the gyms and, and, and or, you know, whatever the sport may be. Go talk to coaches, talk to players, uh, watch film. You know, it's just a matter of applying yourself and learning and, and, and humbling yourself enough to say, okay, I'm, I know that I know my craft. Now it's time to learn more about this sport. And that's really the, the way I feel like you should uh, take your approach. Okay, guys. That's the advice for all y'all coming from the Christina Poncher. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere because next up, uh, she's going to be in the ring. We're playing a rapid fire game. Stick around. Are you tired of looking for your phone, dropping it, or having to carry it around on your hand all the time? With Hoobsy, you can wear your phone by a crossbody strap attached to the phone case. Hoobsy makes practicality look good. Phone case necklaces have been a huge success in Europe and are finally available in the U.S. Visit www.hoobsy.com and save 20% using the code LOCKED. That's www.hoobsy.com and the code LOCKED to save 20% and see for yourself how a Hoobsy phone case necklace will simplify your life. Just check where your phone is now. Are you carrying it in your hand? Is it lying around where you can't reach it? Or will you have to look for it later? Maybe it's lost in the depth of your bag somewhere. Wear your phone on you with a Hoobsy phone case. Visit www.hoobsy.com, H-O-O-B-S-Y.com, and be quick to save 20% using the code LOCKED. By the way, Hoobsy phone case necklaces are the perfect gift at an affordable price. Friends will love you for a super useful gift. Have your hands free, but be spontaneous to take pictures or make quick calls and never look for your phone again. Check out hoobsy.com for yourself or a great present to your friends. And remember, be quick and save 20% using the code LOCKED at hoobsy.com. Welcome back on Inside How She Did It here with Christina Poncher. We're playing a little fill-in-the-blank game. We're going to get to know you and your fighting experience a little bit better here. So, Christina. Well, I will be speaking as Christina, but she will answer the questions. (laughs) Okay. My most memorable fight this far would have to be Pacquiao Marquez four. And why? (laughs) I don't think anybody saw that ending coming when Marquez knocked out Pacquiao flat cold and it became a meme that went around the the world and just the way that the, the fights had been going so far. That was, that was a crazy, crazy experience that comes to mind first. Have you ever been memed? No. Or gift? Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to give of you. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. A fight that maybe hasn't happened, but I'd be down for. It's Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. 
Oh, she already had that like oh, on yeah. the top of her mind. No yes. pause there. <laughs> and I didn't get these questions ahead of time. No. So people know. I don't know what you're asking me right now. (laughs) To those who maybe don't know a ton about boxing, I'd want them to know. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, Oh, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one. I'd want them to know uh, girls love the sport too. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay. And I like to end on this one when when we play this game. Uh, I'm proud of myself for... Blazing a trail in a sport and leaving a mark. That's what I'm most proud of myself for. Yes, positive affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to take another really quick break. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, Christina's answering your questions. Alrighty, thank you for sending in your questions for Christina this week. So, first up, all the way from the UK, the sweet scientist would like to know, Uh, Christina, maybe there were times where you felt you would never get that big opportunity at top rank and what kept you going in those moments? Uh, there were a lot of those times. (laughs) Um, thank you to the sweet scientists from the UK. The UK have seriously the most amazing boxing fans and I've learned, I have a lot of fans from there and, um, you know what it's been, there were a lot of times where maybe I didn't have enough Twitter followers or Instagram followers where they thought bringing in maybe, um, somebody that was more of an influencer or someone that was maybe from another sport to come in. And um, they even would take the job that I would take for smaller shows for the bigger ones, just because they thought maybe that would help, you know, bring in more fans. And sometimes those things that happen were discouraging because I'm over here busting my butt grinding, knowing the sport. And um, because maybe I wasn't um, as popular, have a bigger name. Like sometimes those, those kind of things um, I felt like hurt me, but I just stayed the course. I stayed in my lane. Um, and I just knew that if I continued to show people what I was capable of doing, get the trust in the fighters, learn more about the sport, continue to get my reps in, um, that my, my day would come, my opportunity would come. And, um, and sure enough, it did. So it was worth the persistence and it was worth all, all those struggles and stuff. They just make you grind harder. So I'm, I'm thankful to have that, you know, not the easiest path to get here because I think it made me a better broadcaster, made me a better person uh, because of it. What are boxing fans like? <laughs> I think that they're extremely passionate about their sport. Um, some, a, a lot of them are knowledgeable. Um, I do think that they can be fickle at times. You know, sometimes you're like only as good as your last fight, or they only remember what's not what you've done years past, but what you've, you know, done. Um, they're patient because there's a lot of good fights that they've waited and waited for to make, but um, passionate comes to mind first. And they, they, I feel like more than any other sport, they really, um, they can really sniff out who's not real. They can really sniff out who doesn't know their stuff and, um, and they're not afraid to share their opinion on social media. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you got them all now. You got, all uh, I got most of them. I've been pretty most, fortunate. I've I mean, it may have taken 10 years, <laughs> but I've got, hey. I've got a lot of respect. So better late Very. than never. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the sweet scientist, uh, I thought he had some really good questions. So he asked a follow-up and I'm going to go ahead and, and ask it to you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> how much do you research a fighter that you'll be commentating on? I do a lot of research. Um, we get a lot of notes put together 
um, from our research team. And then I kind of go through and see what I want to ask follow-up questions on. I'll either talk directly to the fighter or I'll talk to the trainer, um, get information that way, or I'll even, you know, go into the locker room before a fight. If there's something else that I haven't, um, you know, got an answer on, or I wasn't sure about, or something in the record I couldn't find tape of or something. So I do, I definitely do a lot of research and even more so in this play-by-play role, I'm trying to figure out the balance between how much research and background I need to do on a fighter. And then a lot of it in this role is now just calling what you see. In the color commentator role, my role was to add a lot of the color, add a lot of the stories, the background knowledge, the things I saw in the gym, sparring, et cetera. Where in this role, it's more of call the action, be the traffic cop in and out of breaks, you know, reading promos, throwing the features and calling the action and leaving that a little bit more of that to, to whoever my analyst is or my color commentator. So trying to find that balance, we're still having all the knowledge, but also leaving open to see what happens during the course of the fight. So um, it's, it's, it's all of those things you prepare for and you watch film to learn tendencies. It's so unpredictable. You don't know, like any other sport calling play by play, I feel like you start to see things happen in a fight you do, but it also can change in a split second. And, you know, you see a guy running for a touchdown, he's going down to the 40, the 30, the 20, you see that he's going to get to a touchdown, but yeah, there's a guy throwing punches and one guy counters with one punch and it's over. And it's like, you don't see that coming sometimes, you know, it's just, it's, it's so hard to learn and it's so hard to plan for. And I've just kind of been like, all right, let's just go into it and see what happens. So learning to, to fulfill that role in my preparation as well. So I'm so excited <laughs> to watch you in this position. Thank Sam, you. I remember when she was on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, of course. Okay, so uh, you mentioned a few of them earlier, um, but Blake O'Rulian says, who were some of your idols growing up? Um, you know, yeah, I mentioned just watching sports, listening to Vin Scully, listening mm-hmm. to... Um, Chick Hearn as play-by-play growing up here in Los Angeles or iconic. Um, I, you know, um, John Ireland was the sideline reporter for the Lakers. Um, he still is involved with the organization, but when I was in high school, he was a sideline reporter. So I definitely wanted to take his job. So I would always watch him. I was like, I want to do, I want that job, you know? Um, you know, and then just watching Jim Lampley in boxing, watching guys like Larry Merchant. Um, I mentioned, obviously, Hannah Storm, who was huge on the sideline and, and definitely inspiration. Now you have, um, you know, Beth Moens and you have um, Jessica Mendoza and a lot of other women now that are calling play-by-play in their respective sports. And I'm watching and listening to them more so now than ever before. Is it weird knowing kind of that you're now on this list of women who will be calling play-by-play in their respective sports like Jessica Mendoza, Beth Mullins, Christina Poncher. Like, yeah, is that weird for you to hear? Yeah, yeah it is a trip. It, it is because um, the list of sideline reporters, uh, women's sideline reporters is very long, huge yeah. list. It's really like the, the, the training ground and to get into the booth, and now to put the headset on, and not only as a color commentator, but now as a play-by-play, it's it's a very short list, and I'm honored to be a part of that list, and I, I take that with great responsibility. Okay, last question is from Tim Rushi. Okay. <laughs> he says, any advice for settling on cam nerves? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I do still get them, but breathing is really important, and just being prepared. If you know, you know, your stuff and you're prepared, let that confidence, you know, seep into your mind and say, look, I know I've done my homework. I know I'm prepared and know that you're in that position for a reason. Somebody believed in you, 
gave you that microphone, told you you're capable and let that confidence soak in that you're in that spot for a reason. You've prepared yourself and just take a deep breath and go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, you just be a meme on the internet or go viral and then you're on to the next thing. So you just keep it moving. It's, it's not a matter of life or death. So, uh, it's, it's what you were meant for and just take a deep breath and go for it. You know, oftentimes when sometimes those nerves kind of creep up, maybe just like in a press conference. Um, and I think to myself, like, Oh, should I speak up? I always think like, would I regret not? Because do I know what I want to ask? Do I know what I want to say? And I I always kind of like let that guide me of like, do you want to let that opportunity, you know, pass you by? So I really appreciate your answer to that question. Yeah. And if you've thought about your question and, um, you know, you're prepared, just go for it. Like you said, some of these moments, you don't, sometimes you don't know when you're going to get another opportunity. So I think that's totally the right frame of mind that you have for sure. Like I, like I've already said, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You uh, really are an inspiration and it's an honor to have you on my show as a woman um, who will now be in a rear role and is, is still blazing a trail for those behind her. So I really do appreciate your time and I thank you. Amanda, thank you so much. And I think we'll look back in a few years from now when you have your own show because you have a great camera presence, your voice questions, and and I'll be doing play-by-play for 10 years from now. And we'll talk about this moment and be like, look, we did it. So keep going. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, honored to be a part of the roster of people that you have put together. You have some incredible women guests. And that just goes to show that, you know, they trust in what you're doing too. So keep going. And you have my sister's name so that I'll never forget. <laughs> that's perfect obviously off to a good start when I've got the family name tied hands hands down hands down made it easy to remember thank you for your kind words you kind of like made me tear up here so before I start crying for Christina Poncher I'm Amanda Smith we'll catch you next time on how she did it (laughs)